Erickson, you both come from big families. No. Brett does not. I do. What do you think about the effects of birth order on someone's personality? First child, youngest child, middle, etc. Do you think some parts of your personality or your siblings is from being the oldest or youngest? And uh, I can't answer this because I am. There were five kids in my family growing up. And uh, I was in the middle, directly in the middle. There's two older and two younger. And it's very obvious that I'm a fucking mess and that I crave attention. So, yes, I, I don't know necessarily if that's my birth order or just my parents being like people who um, my parents being like inattentive, you know? Yeah. Um, it could have just been that I, maybe birth order doesn't have anything to do with it. My parents were just awful. You know, I think it's only relevant within family dynamics, really. I mean, I think that stuff might carry into how Christmas goes down or when you're all together, like there's a pecking order. I think that holds up for sure. But in my life, like I'm not like I'm not a firstborn son at all. Yeah. And you also I don't know what that means even. Yeah. You're also not like trying to vie for your parents love in that way. That's that's sort of where I'm at, too. It's like I'm not even like I don't care. Right. Like there's there's no part of me that like really cares if I Yeah, that sounds like mad it sounds like weird shit. It's not relevant at like all. Like magic. I like the idea that it's like magic. It's <laughs> not relevant. Uh Chris says, Oh, okay, here we go. Do you feel like doing this podcast together made you two closer friends, or do you think you would be this close even if you didn't have the podcast? I've no idea. Mm, one. Yeah. Uh I am not I'm literally since the pandemic, I don't hang out with anybody ever at all except for Brett. Like, he's the only person I see outside of my wife and kid ever. And we don't even hang out that much because I don't do anything. Uh, I'm trying to figure that out. My brain doesn't work. But I would say that, like, we're probably closer because of the podcast just because, you know, we do the podcast together. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm pretty flighty, and um, as much as I hate to admit it, like I could easily just run around. Just I, I, all of my feels like all my relationships have been tenuous, and I, um, I am like a natural hipster in the way that I get excited about new things and all of that. But eventually, it gets on my nerves, you know. Like every, like I'm glad. It's not like the we have what's called the second family, which is all of us that have kids together and, you know, used to drink all the time when our 20s. And uh, I don't know, that is important to me, but it, it's like uh, now it's just an obligation more, which is good. It's more just like I have to go with these people because they've liked me and loved me the longest. <laughs> But if it wasn't an obligation, I don't know. I could have just fucking fucked off to across the country. I don't know. It's hard to fucking know. It is real hard to tell. Um, it is just like, yeah. I mean, we spend a lot of time talking to each other. So I think that's going to m- make you something no matter what. Like, I, I think, you know, the I'd be more interested, honestly, I'd be more interested in, you know, people who do remote podcasts. Yeah. Who uh, maybe have never met in person. Like what they might. I would be way more interested in their thing. We spend Christmas together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is super. We were just at a cookie party earlier. Yeah. We literally, me and him left a party for Christmas cookies and came here to do this. Like we. Me and Brett, of all the people, are probably the most what you see is what you get relationship of any podcast. And uh, the the more interesting people are the ones where I'm like, I mean, do you guys like each other? I don't even fucking really know if you like each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it I takes re- a cut amount of trying, yeah. Yeah, because I remember meeting John and being like, I wonder if John's a dick. You know what I mean? And John is John. <laughs> That's right. all he he is literally the same John 
that I do the POD cast with. And if we lived in the same city, me and John would never hang out. Probably, except to do the podcast because we're totally different fucking human beings. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I haven't talked to the Chapo guys in a long time. Uh, you know, other than Felix, I talked to him, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd be interested in what their relationships are like, and I'd be interested in, in like, you know, well, I know what the Trillbillies relationships are like because I talked to Tom, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm, I'm like way more interested in that. Uh, me and Brett are, are going to be around each other until we die. That's just the way. Yeah. It's a, it's all set up. Blood brother shit. Yeah. Which shock jock would win in a Royal rumble? Which one is best at sex? <laughs> Which one is most hated by their wife, girlfriend, former partners? All right. I'm going to start this in the Royal Rumble <laughs> category. I'm going to have to say Bubba the Love Sponge because he's the strongest. Can't get him over the top rope. Yeah. He's like Andre. Yeah. You know? Everybody would have to gang up, and those people aren't going to gang up. They're they not going to join yeah, each other. <laughs> Which one is the best at sex? Um... I was going to say Bubba for that one, too, because he just seems like the most open and will do anything to, like, make it a good time. He has like, a he, sex attitude. People pleaser. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Just Bubba pleaser. Is like, what do, we, what do we need? What do we need? More pills, booze, dildos, like, whatever. More people, whatever it is. Like, let's get this party jumping. Literally, Pee the on guy. on me, poop on me, whatever fucking gets you off. Right. The guy looks up to somebody. Like, when he meets somebody that he admires, he says, would you like to fuck my wife? Right. Like, he seems like he knows how to do sex stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the last. Yeah, you're like, you have to be. Eh. I don't know if that's good or it's hard to say, but when you're that casual about it, it means you probably can. Hopefully, you can lay pipe. I mean, yeah, you have like an attitude about. Yeah, it. you're like, just I have like, a good attitude. About we this. all want to do it. Everybody wants to fuck everybody. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm ready to go <laughs> yeah. all the time. This last question's my favorite one, and I I do have an answer. Which one is most hated by their wife, girlfriend, or former partners? And it is Tom Likas. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Me and uh, was it me and I was talking to Drew on the Patreon where we were talking about the Tom Likas forty dollar date thing. Yeah, and how that needs to be adjusted now. And we were trying to figure out what what is the the number money. Yeah, now. yeah, it's probably sixty, probably sixty dollar date. I was thinking a hundred. You think it? No. Because he doesn't want to... Oh, no, he's being chintzy, right. Yeah, he doesn't want to spend a lot. Yeah, gotcha. And $40 was almost... Sort an $40 insult. is can't get you in the door, yeah. Yeah, but he couldn't in 2006 either, really. Right. 40 bucks for dinner would be like... Well, no, that's not true. Because I remember going to Applebee's with Katie and it being $27 for both of us. Yeah, they used to let you do three courses for thirteen ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's Tom Likas would obviously be the most hated by a wife or a girlfriend or former partner yeah. and probably really bad at sex, too. Yeah, I mean, he seems like an all-around bad dude <laughs> on every measure. Like, bad as in, like, not a good person, but also just, like, not, like, skilled. Nothing redeemable. Yeah. Except for talking shit. Yep. Yep. Uh, Internet Jones asks, would Kid Rock have cred if he had released a diss track when he came under fire from Ted Nugent way back when, rather than being a coward and letting Ted tell him how to live? Now, Brett might not know this and listeners might not know this, but Ted Nugent thought that Josie was a child. Oh, no. And back way back in the 90s. And he cut a promo on Kid Rock saying it's degeneracy. To have a little kid running around cursing, yeah, and drinking and stuff like that. He he was mad about it, and I think if it were me, I would have maybe not did a diss track on Ted Nugent, but I would have told Ted Nugent to eat my shorts. <laughs> like you got to tell him to fuck off. You can't just ignore it, especially if you're a rapper. I don't think so. I don't think that's how it works, though. He's not a rapper in like the real rap world, though. He's in like the conservative pecking order. We're talking about '98, though. Yeah, '98. I mean, he was on fire. He was popping off, and he was a and rapper. angry, and he was more 
famous than Ted Nugent at that time. True. I mean, you can say he, he should have said something. Yep. He should have said to eat shit, Ted Nugent, is how I feel. And yeah, I think it did hurt his cred, even though I still think he has cred. He has no cred. Well, not now, but Ted Nugent did tell him how to live. Suzanne asked, how did you two meet? And do you remember the first episode you did together? Uh, we met through other people. And the first episode we did together was uh, just us. Like it, it was Street Fight at its most traditional sense, probably with maybe less good jokes because we hadn't really worked that hard on jokes yeah <laughs> i mean like our we we met because a friend of mine uh knew i was doing a podcast and they said hey i know somebody else that's doing a podcast you should talk to them because this was like 2008 2008 mm-hmm. right yeah so it was a very rare thing to know podcasters at the time and uh so i went over and did Brian's podcast basically and never stopped. Wasn't my podcast. Well, you was you were part of it. I was yeah. But I was like trying the the thing about Street Fight that the first podcast that I was a part of, like I had in my mind that I was the straight man and that like um that that my job was to facilitate other people's wacky behavior. Yeah. And uh that is actually not what ended up happening i gotta go get our food all right yeah um i mean i don't know i mean we say you can i I don't i the weird thing about it is that you we feel bad uh repeating stuff over and over again um it's kind of that moment in i heart huckabees where jude law is telling the story about the chicken sandwich again and then they kind of show him that he tells everyone that story and then he vomits in his mouth um but yeah, I mean, basically, Brian and I, uh, I went over to do a show with him and his buddies. Um, I showed up every single week. Eventually, uh, there was two other guys involved, and one of them went on vacation, and the other one said, "I'm going to go on vacation too." So me and Brian did a show together, just me and him, and uh, we kind of pissed off everyone that listened to it because it was mostly, you know, the guy we were doing the show with, he was way more popular than us and had like a couple dozen friends that would listen to the podcast each week. And, uh, we kind of said that it was stupid for like grown men to wear like 18 year olds jerseys and shit and wear it like they're their fucking boyfriend or something. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that, that, like the city was just ridiculous the way that like people were tied up in the lives of like the Buckeyes. We just were super anti-Buckeye and anti-sports <laughs> because that was like consuming our lives. I mean, that was the only thing to do every Saturday. When I was in my 20s, and the only thing I could do was go to a fucking Buckeye party, you know? Like that was the extent of things to do. And it stunk because it's such a shitty experience to be at a party and then everybody gets fucking sad because a fucking 18 year old dropped a ball or something like I hated going to Buckeye parties so much. So it really, a lot of that show it's funny now with the name image and likeness stuff that just recently happened. But I think a lot of uh, what we were saying was that those kids should be paid too. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what it was. It's like, yeah, college isn't worth it, and not everybody can go to college. That was the thing too. We uh, we were saying they need, like, because we were making fun of them selling bobbleheads too. Like, we went to Kroger and they would make bobbleheads of these kids, and Ohio State University is selling those fucking bobbleheads, and those kids get nothing, and they're just being pimped out. Exactly, exactly. This is a weird one. This is way more Brett probably question than a Brian question because I am. As boring as anybody could possibly be. Best unexpected or uncommon food pairing. Not super surprising that it's good, but I like peanut putting peanut butter on chicken fingers. Um, oh, weird. Never heard of that. It makes sense, though, because peanuts and meat is like a thing. Peanut butter and hamburgers and all that. I never heard of that. No, people do that. Talking about like Thai food basically oh yeah this is why i don't like eat a lot of pad thai because there's peanuts in it and i think that's weird uh just for my taste buds uh i think my weirdest food thing i've talked about it before it's stupid um it shouldn't be real i guess 
and it's not really a real thing, and I wish I was lying, but I really like Doritos uh, either between two pieces of bread or in a flour tortilla. Just Doritos. Nothing else. No. It's just I like the softness and the crunch together. So, like, I've made Doritos sandwiches that are just Doritos. Dry. It's very dry. It's dry. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. It's a dry situation. So, that is I, my weirdest combination is that. I can't think of any other weird things that I eat because I am, like, not an adventurous eater at all. Yeah. I don't know what my... Oh, my, I mean, my favorite, actually, cheddar and apples. But it's like classic. I mean, yeah. it's like people put cheddar and apple pies. It's so weird. It doesn't. It doesn't work. But it's like I eat tons of that cheddar, apple, and purple onion. I have one that Katie does that I could give you. I'm, I know I'm using my wife's experiences, but it was something she did a lot when we first started dating. She does not do it at all anymore. It's pretty surprising she stopped doing it because like it was like a big thing when we first started dating. But uh, she would get a tub of sour cream. And dip Cheetos in it and just eat Cheetos and sour cream and loved it. Said it was great. Yeah, I would say at this point, um, the problem is, is that I don't get wacky in my, like, I go for, like, approved combinations. Like, you what, got fucked. Uh, candied walnuts and, like, blue cheese together or something. Like, that's just, that's just bougie shit. You know, I don't know what I could do. I don't know. Like, I don't eat anything weird. You were with somebody that's the least experimental food eater. One of the least yeah, that I know. That's true. And that'll... It's the same thing I'm saying about not hanging out with anybody. Right? Yeah. You sort of start to develop habits. Even habits that you don't want to have. Yeah. You still develop those habits and they happen. I think that's what happens really. Because Brett, as a dude... I've never known them not to eat anything. Yeah, I like I like everything combined, but it has to be a home run. Like I'm not, ex I guess I'm just not experimental in that way. Like I, I just know traditional pairings of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with you, ma'am. I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. You know, I'm a trad guy. Mm -hmm. Um, when will WWE fold? The answer to that is when they can't get a TV deal. Um. I think they're more likely to get bought and then maybe uh, get real cold and then whatever conglomerate buys them is just like, eh, it's not worth doing anymore. And then they just become like a library. Yeah. Or a hall of fame at Disney world or like a, a fucking the, the Hulk Hogan leg drop roller coaster mobile or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's what it becomes. I would say, I mean, at this point, I think uh, as much as I hate Vince, like he's done the work. WWE is like forever. Yeah. It's not going like it's, it's, it's valuable. And that has created a whole bunch of assets in the history that it has in the library of content that, People can revisit and talk about over and over and over again. And uh, I mean, maybe when we get, maybe when I die out and I'm no longer going crazy for an Ultimate Warrior cosplay or something, you know, like, <laughs> but I don't see, like, yeah, like you said, it can be, it can be moved into any way that people want to spend money. They want a to, cartoon? They, they want to do a whole, yeah. Like, if you're, if you're ready to buy a Hacksaw Jim Duggan thing, like, they're ready to sell it to you. It's it's like made and ready to go. It seems profitable as a weekly entertainment. I don't know. It's still hard to believe it because the 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 problem that you have with AEW is a lot of like the a lot of the clout that people bring is that they were at WWE. It's kind of like cryptocurrency and fiat, where it's like crypto they say is valuable, but it's all of its value is based off of U.S. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason it's valuable. The only reason that like wrestlers are valuable is because they went to WWE. You know, so we need like a long period of time where AEW can create like monumental moments in wrestling history. They need like it's really whoever has the pen of history. Like whatever the great matches were, whatever the great storylines were, whatever the fans are talking about the most is going to be the history of wrestling. And I feel like they're working harder than anybody in the history of wrestling 
at developing people that are just theirs in a way that like has never really been realized ever. Like uh hangman page is he was in ring of honor, but you would be crazy not to say that he is a product of AEW. He is famous. Absolutely. Because he was there from the very first day and he's the champion now. And like on Wednesday, as of this recording, I don't have the answer for this. This will be old news by the time it happens, but I think he's going to beat Brian Danielson. And that is a big fucking win. And uh, he'll probably end up beating Punk, too. And that'll be a big win. So, like, these guys just... you It takes time to build a thing. And you do need... In wrestling, you do need stars to make something happen. But as far as WWE folding, I mean, that is like asking when will the NFL fold. Yeah. You or know? Disney. Yeah. And there's... It just won't happen. Probably not, yeah. Yeah, Disney will probably buy them or somebody will buy them and use them as an IP. Yeah, I can't see it. It's IP. That's all it is, is IP. And all those people have signed away their likenesses and their names to be sold in video games forever for the rest of their lives. Exactly, yeah. Or the t-shirts at Homage, Yeah. right? Like, they're selling these t-shirts. All the wrestlers on it are the most obvious wrestlers. A guy like me wants somebody a little weird. Yeah. They got Ric Flair and... Right. Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. Those are cartoon characters. It's like Tom yeah. and fucking Jerry. Absolutely. Or, or Spider-Man. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is what happened. Um, what was the first music that made you feel too old? Brett ain't going to have an answer to this question. Too old? Yeah. Um, I don't believe that music can make you feel old. Um, although... It says, I'm 10 years younger than you guys, but starting to experience that with some of the hardcore and rap crossovers. Oh, yeah. I kind of like those, though. Those aren't... I, every time I listen to, like, City Morgan stuff like that, I get, like, way into that. But, but there's a lot of cringy ones that are trying. There's a lot more, like, half-assed pop-punk rappers these days than ever before. Real? Oh, like Machine Gun Kelly? No, like startups. I'm talking about just... People, SoundCloud people. Okay, yeah. The TikTok people. I guess maybe the SoundCloud rap didn't really grab me. I'm not like that super old. Um, uh, the 100 Gex, that was the one that um, I just am not going to cross the line on that one. I don't think it sounds good or interesting. It hurts my ears and it's ironic. I guess it's ironic and meme and like, I guess that's where I stepped off the boat with them. <laughs> You saying that just made me laugh because do you remember the first time we were doing a show together and I had to say meme out loud? You said meme? Meme. <laughs> it's a meme and you were just like, what is that? <laughs> you know what that is? I only read the word. It's yeah. like when I was like young and I only, I, I mean, like I didn't read a lot of books when I was growing up. Uh, the only books I can think of that I read growing up were the Howard Stern books. Uh-huh. Uh, I read his books. But, uh, and Kurt Cobain book, but I read magazines, like no bullshit. I read probably every month of Rolling Stone and spin from the time I was 13 until the time I was in my mid twenties, yeah. maybe even in my thirties, I would, I would get the subscription and then stop paying for it and stop getting it yeah. <laughs> and stuff. But like, uh, uh, I yeah. would see the word genre. Uh -huh. And I would say Janeer uh -huh. every time I saw it. And I didn't even know what it was. And you would hear people say genre. Right, right, but right. But you were like, how is is that J-E-N-R-E -E or something? Like, I could never figure it out. Got those magazines. I wonder if... I think I could still read Spin. Uh, -huh. uh I do read Rolling Stone articles from the 90s and early 2000s for the pot, the POD cast. Uh -huh. And they are really uncomfortable to read. Yeah. Just like, it's just some nasty shit in there, right? Yeah. They were, yeah. Going of the time. Just constantly it's, about like, so how many chicks are you banging on the bus, dude? See, but I mean, it's, it's the same as, it, that's the same thing as like Spotify saying like, um, this was your number one artist of the year, and that's on period. You know, it's just people aping 
and copying like what is supposedly the cool way to be or slang or talk or whatever. It just it never holds up. It's so flash in the pan when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's true. That's true. Like um, Spotify Wrapped. Did you yeah. do your Spotify Wrapped? I did. What's your top band? Uh, Origami Angel. Oh, I thought it was gonna be Megadeth. Uh, Megadeth was in like two or three. <laughs> They were in top five. Yeah, mine were really bad this year. That's why I'm like in this like real messed up phase of my life where I've decided like next year my Spotify wrapped is going to be good music. Impressive. Yeah, no, it's just gonna be good, I think. I just what want it to get? be good music. Um I'll get it up here. I I can So I went and saw Beba Doobie on uh Friday. I, what's Beba Doobie? This is it's the name of this girl's Finsta. Okay. Her fence was called Beba Doobie because she tried to come up with these all their names and then she came up with the band as well. And okay. it was 20 she's 21 and is so fresh-faced and young and not in my generation and I stood in a crowd of like very super young people. I never felt bad about it. <laughs> like I think that like I think that for me it transcends. Like if it's good it's good. Um I guess like some of the newer rap and some of the newer music is cl you can laugh at it, but I'm only ever trying to find the good stuff. So I don't know what makes me, f I, I really don't know what makes me feel old when you were, I mean, I think when you're listening to music, um, being young is actually like a good thing. Like being, if you're at it, if you're, your age and you're at a show and the audience is like mostly like way younger than you. It's like, God damn, man, I still have my finger on the pulse. Yeah. Like I still like being able to have your finger on the pulse is like really fucking no. crazy. And that's true actually. And I've, I've actually made that point and I've said that to other people when we were younger, I remember looking to the back of the crowd and seeing like salt and pepper beards and seeing like gray haired ladies that's like, yeah, they never gave up. Like we need to be them. Yep. Like everybody else decided to be uh, fucking homeowners. Everybody else decided to just take the white person path, you know, and just and and fade into obscurity and like the stuff that they like and stop listening to music after 25. And then there's a whole industry of people telling you that like the old times were better and like you just become a millennial in that way. That's your whole life. Yeah, that is gonna. That's what I they mean, have planned out for. If you don't go out of your way to listen to music that is different or new or that challenges you, that's what you get. True, it's true. Just going to the same old karaoke to do, you know, Taylor Swift again or whatever. Exactly, and and, and like also you just like a lot of times people like that will make the decision like, well, I you know. I like new music, but it's just like the most popular new pop music, like right. Taylor Swift or some shit like that. Or Olivia you know? Rodrigo. Olivia Rod you're like, oh well, I'm young. I like Olivia Rodrigo. And it's like, I mean, right. yeah, but that's you didn't go looking for that. That's iHeartRadio ass shit. Yeah. Like you aren't you aren't going to fifteen dollar shows anymore. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Go to shows that cost ten dollars or less. Yep. I mean that that's where it's always been. Exactly. I can't find my wrapped, but I'll tell you. I'll I went tell to you a death metal show last night at a small place, and it was fun because there's it's a community because there's only a few hundred people in Columbus that listen to fucking death metal. <laughs> I mean, there's only a few hundred people them, in every city that listen to death metal. And you see them all the time, and like everybody puts on their best shirts, you know? Everybody puts on their most obscure shirts. People show out. There's more fashiony people. There's more hillbilly people, but like... Yeah, pretty much you're stuck with these people. Like, this is what it's going to be. When we do this, I'll give you my top songs of 2021. Like, my top 10 playlist. Okay. So you can hear that, I think, is is the best thing I'm going to be able to give you. Um, number one, people are going to be surprised of this. You will not, Brett. But I think listeners will be surprised of this. Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Is the song I listened to the most this year. You've loved it forever. Screen all slams. Because you know why I love it? Because at the NW says it's a town full of losers. I'm pulling out of here and I win. And I like that. I like, I was just like the fucking guy. Like, I'd love to go stand on the, the, the fucking uh, 
city line of Groveport and yell, you're a town full of losers and I'm going to move 15 minutes away and I tear us out of there. Yeah. Uh, Dad vibes is number two. All right. I can't believe I listened to that that much, but I guess I loved it. You got a shitty diaper like Fred Durst. Uh huh. 10th Avenue freeze out by Bruce Springsteen. No, you're back on. That was like when I first met you. I know I got way into it. Uh, uh, well also, uh, Katie and Gwen like it. What album is it? Uh, Born to Run. I like Born to, Born to Run. I like Born to Run a lot. Katie and Gwen really like Born to Run, too. So I can play it while we're hanging out uh, together. And everybody's happy. I've never liked him. I used to pretend to that I liked that really one, good, like, hip, the Arkansas album or whatever. Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, I used to pretend like I liked that, but I never would listen to it on my own. Yeah. You should. You should. You might like uh, Born to Run. It's like the good one. Uh-huh. I listen to the rest of them. You know, I like Glory Days. I like that song. Oh, no. You know why I like it? At though? a bar, like only not on my own. Like if I'm out, you know why like I like Sweet it? Caroline. No, Glory Days is good because it is about like how it's very loser to talk about your glory days. Sure. Which you know I've always felt that way too. Um, number uh, uh, three here is. <laughs> oh wait, I already said this. Tenth Avenue Freeze Out by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, have a cigar by Pink Floyd for no. some reason. I don't know why that happened, but I don't even know what that song is. Come in here, dear boy, have a cigar. You're gonna go far. You know why? Because a bunch of people covered it, and then I've never heard that song. In my you're life. gonna fly high. You'll never. It sounds like a Pink Floyd song. If I'm really telling you the truth, you don't know lyrics. I'm a hipster. It man. goes like this. I wore this shirt. Yeah, have a cigar. The guy on fire. Uh, is the album cover? Yes, I love you to death. By Typo Negative. That's Dirty, a great song. Dirty Rotten Biscuit by Limp Biscuit, and then Tell 'Em by Sleigh Bells. Oh, still Sleigh Bells. Yeah, Sweet Virginia by the Rolling Stones. Uh, Carmelita by Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. Give me Three Steps by Leonard Skinner. Kids by Sleigh Bell. So basically just a lot of... Uh, classics. Those are Brian classics. Classic rock. And 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 after seeing the list... What did you type in? Uh, I just hit the My Top Songs of 2021 playlist. Uh and uh, my artists revealed are the Stones, uh, Green Day, Bruce, uh, Weezer, Guns N' Roses. Like, just. Man, yeah, that's pathetic stuff, man. Exactly. That's gotta, why like, I've taken you're up. Cole, a, you're a Coles dad. I know. I've taken up a Coles new. Coles Rock. I've taken up a new situation now. And now my, my top stuff right now. Is the Delvin Lamar organ trio? Mm-hmm, I've heard. Uh, John Coltrane. Wow. A Love Supreme. Miles Davis. Wow. Kind of Blue. Okay. Truth and Soul presents the best of the Magnificent Three. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, that's what I'm into. And and uh, uh, Mannequin Pussy. Yeah, yeah, they're coming in February. We should go. Yeah. I have to because I like uh, Drunk Too. Yeah. It's like one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. They're it just great. Rocks. Yeah, yeah. Mannequin Pussy. There you go. So I'm trying right now to jazz it up. You put Literally. All your, don't put all your chips on jazz, though. It's not. Not all of it's on jazz. Mannequin Pussy's not jazz. But four out of five of those were. No, I'm. Okay. No. Um, what was it? Let me look again. But I do like jazz. John right Coltrane, Miles Davis, something jazz trio, and yeah, the present the uh, fabulous three. What's that? Uh, it's jazz. Okay, sure. Jazz funk. That's what I was trying to say. And uh, the fabulous three has one, two, three, four, five people in it. Wow. I won't. If I, I put bring up a jazz album, I always Google. The people that play in a jazz band and do images, and if they're not black, I don't listen to it. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. It's you I mean they got to deal with that. I know white why guys. Do, why do you got to pay? Yep. Why do you got to pay? I won't listen to white guy jazz because I'm afraid. Um, I want to hear you try out Kamasi Washington. He's very. He is way louder and way more intense than like some bebop shit that you're probably listening to. Hey, come on. Um. 
Well, okay. no, I'm just wondering if it's too much for you or not. I'd love to hear your opinion. Kamasi? Yeah. Washington. Washington. Okay, Washington. he's he's there. I like a lot of uh, jazz. Uh, I am a more saxophone guy. I like Cannonball Adderley. Um, I like uh, Charlie Bird. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I also like a lot of piano guys. I like uh, who else? Uh, Thelonious Monk. I, I haven't listened to him yet. I will give him a shot. Um, here we go. What was the... Oh, we already answered that. Okay, we got four more left here. Internet Jones oh. said, Brett and Brian... Uh, oh, never mind. Charlie Bird. Um, will we ever get a D&D wrap-up? No. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say. It would be funny we tried we like three times to get it going. Yeah. We will figure that out. I promise. But we tried. It just... The schedules didn't line up right. We it's might a lot of people. have picked some wrong uh, other players of the... Um, maybe. I don't know. Um, but it just didn't work out. Me and Brett have all the time in the world. Unfortunately, nobody else has all the time yeah, in the world. Other people have real jobs. <laughs> yeah. We just do fuck around stuff. Yeah. Other people have real lives. Oh, maybe no. someday. Eventually. Okay, here's Ten, two. 20th anniversary. Yeah, Street Fight 20th anniversary. We're going to finish We're going to fucking game. do a like a gathering style thing and we're going to invite everybody to come on stage and finish it. All right. Brian wants to know how do we, Oh god. Well, this is not going to be an answer. Okay, good. He he asked it two ways here. How do either of you stay hopeful for the future? Do either of you have hope for the future? Um I don't know. I don't think I do anymore it's really hard for me to have hope for the future i've just watched um bad shit happen over and over and over and over again and uh maybe i guess like i'll say this i i maybe don't have i have hope hope is the wrong word um i have a lot of hope for the future that things change and that things are better and that things are different or that at least there's like a breaking point where something happens a reckoning yeah like anything happens at that point but uh, uh i do have hope i don't think that i feel super uh uh confident about what ends up happening you know uh I think a lot of people without kids <laughs> are looking at Gen Z as a way to fix it. I think a lot of people in their 20s that don't have kids are looking at that. And uh, uh, I think that's a fool's errand. Um, people would have said the same thing about millennials and yeah. Gen X. Uh, you, we had the fire. I mean, I wanted we wanted to burn everything down. Occupy Wall Street. We would have mm -hmm. stopped all of this. If everybody would have just let us, we would have stopped the whole fucking American government. <laughs> you right. Know? And people forget that, like, you know, Gen X were slackers and fucking they they started like the independent film mu movement. And like all of this stuff happened around around Gen X and like. Now you look at Gen X like the most backwards dipshit losers of all time. And it's just, you know, I, I brought this up on Street Fight a couple months ago or something like that. But Gwen was talking to me one day and she said, me and my friends, you know, we talked about it and we're going to make sure none of us turn conservative. And I was just like, one of you is going to turn conservative, if not all of you, maybe you know, only three quarters of you, but the, the fucking thing is, man, you know what? It's like, <laughs> this, this goes, I, I hate like food arguments. You know what I mean? Like I, I fucking absolutely just, I think it's the hackiest, most boring shit in the world. Right. Um, but I, I'll use this as an example to get, get you where I'm going. All you hear about from like 80% of people is that pineapple on pizza is a fucking crime, right? Mm -hmm. you, you just fucking, when people start arguing, they're like pineapple on pizza is a crime. Now, if you put pineapple on my pizza, let's say I'm one of those guys, 
right? If you had put pineapple on my pizza, and I believe this did happen when I was seven or eight, I was like, mm, this is interesting. Yeah. This is very Shake cool. up. I'm going to fucking try this pineapple on pizza. And, and most of the people... Sushi was exotic at that point. Thank you. And most of the people that rail against pineapple on pizza, if they had been offered that at a time when they were more impressionable... They would have fucking gone nuts for it and would have been very excited to try this new and interesting thing. And just as you get older, if it seems to me, just from watching it happen to the people I grew up with, you just... It's not that, like, you get conservative because it's common sense. You get conservative because you don't like what young people are doing. In much the same way that when I was like 22 or 23, I saw my niece watching Pokemon and I was like, this animation looks like fucking shit. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And now, like you almost can't even operate in the, in, in the pop culture landscape without a working knowledge of anime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I also think like it be- it also benefits white people to just be white. Like I had a friend of <laughs> mine that was like a punk and a hardcore guy and I've kind of haven't caught up with him and I went to his house and he had those like gentrifier house numbers. You know the sans serif the numbers? I'm looking them up. Um, I don't know what they are. These how just the house numbers of every place where like someone's flipping a house. And uh, his his girlfriend is like really Christian girl autumn and everything. And it just feels like he just leaned into his like whiteness. And like that's where the conservative comes in because it's then something to protect. It's like, hey, I can live a pretty simple life by just being a dopey white guy that never causes a problem and and make sure that the guy above me makes more money than I do, you know? Yep. I can keep my mouth shut and like have this woman do all this stuff for me or whatever. But to get to the actual question, and this is a lot to unload. Um, uh, as far as hope for the future goes, the central problem in my life is doing Street Fight in that I want to make people think that there's a reason to keep doing this stuff. And it hurts me and it makes me feel like a fraud all the time because I don't know if I believe there's anything that's going to come from this. It seems like we're all on the sidelines waiting for like huge devastation to happen. You know, Um, there's not any sort of building movement that is impressive to me or that is exciting or makes me think they're going to get better. We're just fighting against the wave of badness. But in my own life, like... Um, I think the climate change shit is bullshit, you know, like people that there's, there's 20 year olds right now that are like the climate is fucked and they're going to spend the next three decades living in their house and tweeting and not living life because they think the climate is fucked, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm not ignoring science or where the future is at, but I can go outside and have plenty of lovely, wonderful days all the fucking time. And I'm going to continue to do so. And I think that's going to be for the rest of my life. So I'm hopeful that like my life will be comfortable and okay because of where I'm at. But my main problem is life is that I want things to change and be different. And like that's ruined my existence. Yeah, it makes Staking things like a lot less fun. I am looking at the gentrification font and uh, it blew my fucking mind to see it because it I You've mean, it's it. basically the font that is on the Airbnb when you pull up. Absolutely. It's the Airbnb's <laughs> font. It's like a clean font that yes. makes you think that what you're about to walk into is a clean place. Refined with nice stuff. Refined. Yeah. But if this seven is only two simple lines. <laughs> yeah. But if you're in an Airbnb, I'm going to fucking tell you. Yeah. Uh, it's all the cheapest, crappiest junk in it. So, and I mean, if you're in somebody's house with the gentrifier numbers, it's probably clean crap or crappiest junk in the world. Oh yeah. That's just, it's just people chasing. Like, I, how, how can we ever stop people from signing up for more than they can afford? How can we ever stop the chase? We can't. I mean, it's taken over. Yeah. It's the I mean, driver of everything until there's like a mass devastation. I don't I know think, what else is going to do it. I think when you talk about like the climate discussion i do think there are times where people become so overwhelmed with grief over like 
things they've read and actual science and like real shit. Yeah. Like you become overcome with grief but, and then you decide I can't do anything about it. I'm not going to do anything. But then you're, inv- you're ignoring the sunny day outside. Yeah. You're yeah. ignoring that like you're going, you can do stuff still and that you can have and in- like you have all you are is a thing that's experiencing thing. Your ideology doesn't matter. You will never make an impact. Everything goes away eventually. Not, I, I'm sorry. Like I'm a nihilist. I'm not an anarchist. None of this matters. None of it is important. Your own gratification and what makes you feel okay is the only thing that you'll ever have. And doing things for other people, I who cares? Yeah. I mean, you can, there's always things to be done and other people can judge you, but there's nothing else besides your own experience. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I don't know. You just doing what you can to... Uh, lift the burden of people who have more of a burden than you do is I think the best you can fucking hope for in this world. It is just like, you know, I was talking to, we're just talking to my uh, younger brother who talked about for 40 years, conservatives have done nothing but fucking win. And he's like, I'm confident that it's going to turn over now that they've won more. And like, I'm glad he's confident about that, but I'm confident that they'll find more stuff to get mad about. And they're um, way better at fighting. They're yeah. way better at ruling. They do everything better than us. Well, and they know what to get mad about. They fucking just decide they're mad about shit. Yeah, and they go through with it. Yeah. And like And seize power. And people are like, what else could they get mad about? Fuck who knows? Everything. But it's anything that like We do. Yeah, if if we start moving in a direction to make something good happen, they're going to get mad about it. And I don't know, you know, we're supposed to like vote for fucking Democrats seems like the the one fucking thing you can do because Brett's right. We're all waiting for one big, huge fucking thing. And like at this point in my life, after seeing this stuff and after doing this podcast for 10 years, that one thing is going to be a meteor fucking blasting us out of orbit. I think like it it just, you just watch this stuff happen. We're like a lot of the people that were at Occupy Wall Street probably fucking voted for Trump. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's so hard to have hope when you watch a lot of people who you think uh, are are smarter on your side. And especially as you get older and older and you're thinking about people that you grew up with that had these like bright futures and, and, and these ideas. And you would talk about all this stuff all of these things that like you wanted to happen in the world or talking about all these things you would do as an adult. And it turns out that like all of that was bullshit. It's the same thing about when you were fucking 12 and you were hanging out with your friends and said, why would I, why would I get a house and have a wife and kids when we could all just move in together and have a party house until we die? You know what I mean? It's like, well, because that doesn't end up happening. Yeah, as far as hope goes, I mean, like Roe v. Wade is about to be, um, you know, repealed. And the hope that I have is that I know that people are going to develop advanced networks to make sure that some people can get abortions. There's going to be money. Like the only hope I have is I know people are good. Like I think that even in a, like talking about a meteor situation or like just a complete catastrophe – I think people err on the side of helping each other and doing the right thing. But as far as who's in control and who dictates this world, it's all evil. It's all the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody, nothing about this can be like hopeful. Nothing about living in America is hopeful. And it's because they're willing to, to, to do that. You know what I mean? It's because they're willing to bargain be nasty yeah yeah and bargain and that's like with the democrats dude they're just willing to say like hey we're you know they're just willing to say things like well uh we have to drone strike a certain amount yeah. of people just because we have to drone strike because there's evil people and we got to drone strike them and it's yeah. like well they're fucking really far away and they can't shoot a missile at me so why are we killing people over there yeah i don't care 
you yeah, know for sure um you know obviously i'll be right there on the f- uh, as soon as the shit goes down i want to be right there when, when the george Floyd floyd protests were happening and like the military came in like i was researching how to take down tanks and stuff like that's the only place i'm going to other than that it's just all a waste of time like yeah yeah i'm i'm always willing I'm always willing to be at the place where the shit is happening. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's also interesting. Like you're, you're, you're talking about me and Brett as people like would be considered two guys that maybe have a platform that could maybe get things to happen. And the, the thing that I have learned over the past 10 years is, uh, we can make very small things happen, but we can't make, I don't know if we can make anything big. We can't make people show up to a place or do a thing. I mean, we can make people show up to live I'm shows. Not, can't, I would never promise anything. I That's know. the problem is that I can never say that if you get together and form a national organization, it would do anything besides like doing mock government stuff out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't really I, know. I, I'm a t- I mean, I'm a big T guy. You have high T. Yeah. But I think there's one solution. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but we shouldn't say that. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. I yeah. don't know what else there is besides like t- making it happen. You can't like convince anybody of anything. KJB baby, KJB. And 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 unfortunately, like all the other people that are around us disagree with us. So I mean, they want to just meander through this. It's easier to just be, be like, well, I'm gonna die in like 30 years. Yeah. So you know. No, I feel the same. I mean, I've come to the same conclusion. Is just like apathy is. All that you get in this life. There's nothing else. But we also, it's funny because me and you will get intensely positive when something is happening. Like over over the summer of 2020. Yeah. I felt very positive. Right. During the George Floyd protest. But when they're over and everything dissipates and we have to start back over from yeah. zero again. We're fighting with Joe Biden to like admit that he said he was going to get rid of some student loan money or something. Yeah, motherfucker. It's like, what is the point of that? Six. Remember when he just said, like, we already gave you six hundred dollars. Yeah. That was when I was just like, I think that might have been my breaking point. We already gave you six hundred dollars. Yeah, was maybe my breaking point. Was just like they're just they're they'll compromise fucking anything, yeah. dude. Joe Biden, we're we're in the week where Joe Biden said he's fast tracking student loan repayment. To start yeah, over again, yeah, like that is what he's fast. He knows, he knows our Fannie Mae's and Freddie Macs are hurting right now. Yeah, so Trump would sit down at that fucking table with that pen, and he would give the people that voted for him things that they asked for. And Joe Biden sits down with that pen and that piece of paper at that desk, and he says, uh, "We got to get these bills paid. We got, we got to get these people paying their goddamn bills again." What the hell's the problem? Uh, yeah, and the city of Columbus is running muck. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, every, anywhere you go, it's a bad idea to have government. Yeah, it's shitty, and they're the ones that are in charge. <laughs> Last question here: uh, Joel Osteen and his recently discovered bags of money. Uh, just a really funny fucking story. Yeah. Did you see that? You guys fucking there doing plumbing, and he opens up the wall, and it's just full of <laughs> money. <laughs> They, it, it was it's a bummer man because i think about that kind of stuff where it's like what if i bought a house this is what i i'll give you my thoughts on this because i thought about this okay let's say you bought a house okay you go into that house you're doing something where you're tearing out the walls you open up the walls you find a wall full of money mm-hmm. okay you're really excited about your wall full of money you pull it out and it's twenty thousand dollars. Kind of disappointing, I think. Like how an amount? Because you would think if your walls were full of money, it would be six figures to me. Is that what he had? That's what he had in there. No, he had twenty grand. I thought. No way. Yeah, I believe it was twenty grand. I thought it was six hundred thousand dollars, and there was checks and cash. <laughs> how? I wonder what it was, man. And he wh- reported. He reported that the place was robbed. He had he claimed he did an insurance claim that money was stolen from him, and I think this is probably the same money that was stolen from him earlier. Oh, that's so cool! But why wouldn't you burn the checks or something? Why would you keep the evidence? That's a good point. Yeah, 
I mean, this is also goes back to why I'm I'm hopeless about anything is that he will suffer no consequences. But I mean, somebody like this should be ripped f- to shreds. So it's like, a, shouldn't be a, the plumber who discovered it got twenty grand. Yes. And police said that the recovered checks appear to be connected to a March 2014 theft of 600 grand and yeah. cash and checks from a church safe. So it does look like Joel Osteen stole his own checks and dug it and threw them in the, the behind the toilet. Eh, nothing will happen to this guy. No, he gets away with impunity. I saw a really good um, Instagram video of someone taking a video with him and, and they're like, hey, it's Joel Osteen. Joel and then he turns to him and he goes, you're a real piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. It's very funny, though. I love it when guys do stuff like that. He's like, you know that, right? You know you're a piece of shit. And then he starts looking around. He's like, this guy is a huge piece of shit. Yeah. And he's just going, he can't say anything. I mean, what do you really do when you're a No, don't like react. you can't curse. You can't give him anything. Well, and he can't get nuts and be like, why don't you go fuck yourself, right, you right. piece of shit. He's done, yeah. Or pull a gun out. It's scandalous. And- Oh, here it is. Yeah, it's... Oh, my God, it's a selfie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he brought him in. Yeah. Can you play it? I can't play it because uh, I don't have it plugged in to play. But holy shit. Yeah, I mean, the the problem is is that like somebody like that should have everything taken from them. Um, I wouldn't mind him being unalived for sure. I mean, there's just... I don't believe in the sanctity of human life at all. And I think there's a lot of people that are a waste of fucking time. The same way there's like bad dogs that got to be put down. There's bad people that got to be put down and we don't deal with them enough. Oh my God. This guy. I I mean, the best thing about being a Christian is people can catch you doing wrong. Oh, I know. And then you can say something like when things slow down, when people turn on you, stay in peace. God knows what he is doing. You're coming to an end, not because it's over, but because the best is next. Like that's all you have to do. If you're a fucking Christian and you get caught doing some shit. That's incredible. Just quote the Bible. Yeah, I love the Bible. I'm going to become a, I'm, I got to become a mega pastor. Well, that is your call-in show. Your, that's two call-in shows, really. Uh-huh. Had a lot of fun doing this. Um, people will uh, uh, listen to it and enjoy it. That's why we do it. Peace. Serve like steak, well done, get a gun in your face, bitch nigga People have you praying to God, move your kids, have you hiding your mom Beef is when you hide behind them other niggas But they ain't killers, they ain't pulling them triggers, fuck niggas People have you keying our cars, heart broke, yours don't look like ours Them niggas ain't dying for you Everything you get, yeah, them niggas ain't dying for you. <laughs> them niggas ain't dying for you. And we know that contract all fucked up. I guess that means you all fucked up. You signed to one nigga, the sign to another nigga, the sign to three niggas. Now that's bad luck. Damn that shit, even the odds now. You better off selling this hard now. You call it living out your dreams. You can't fly without your wings, you get it Jeremy Scott's all camouflage You can't hide it from yourself, career sabotage I was really in that travelage You just lying through your catalogs Where the blood and the battle scars We the ones the judge juggling them gavels on Put me to the body, nigga First 48, put us to them bodies, nigga Round here, we don't play that A to the K that, spray that, lay back You can keep your beats, nigga We much rather shed your bitch, nigga Bitch, nigga Three million, can't hide that It shows in the homes, I done tried that That's why you'll never be my neighbors Smile as you waving, but we know you niggas hate us Fuck you playing games for don't be scared, get everything you came for They got you talking that big shit 
Little do you know we don't miss shit Them niggas using you as a pawn You see they never loaded they guns Now you out here all by yourself Ask Steve Jobs, wealth don't buy health Yeah Beef is best served like steak Well done, get a gun in your face Bitch nigga People have you praying to God Move your kids, have you hiding your mom Beef is when you hide behind them other niggas But they ain't killers, they ain't pulling them triggers Fuck niggas People have you keying our cars Heart broke, yours don't look like ours Them niggas ain't dying for you Taking half of everything you get Yeah, them niggas ain't dying for you <laughs> Them niggas ain't dying for you And we know that Streets. Beef is when I see you. Guaranteed to be an I see you.